Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. All right, I'm here. Okay, good. It is the afternoon commute. Today is... June 17, 2015. Sure is. Uh, I don't have my sound effects. I can't get confirmation I, from Alan Watt. <clears throat> but I can proceed anyway. I am. Uh, I'm driving right past a, a big old fire right now. I, uh, I'm sorry, what's that again? I said, I'm driving past a big old fire right now. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's not good. I'm I'm reporting live from the fire right now. So what can you you describe it as? Uh, Well, Chris, uh, what I'm seeing is a lot of black smoke, and it appears that there's flames uh, probably associated with the fire. And... um, it appears the fire was caused by the warm weather, which was obviously caused by climate change. Well, I mean, that's what you would have to assume. Um, yeah, we'll probably be seeing a lot more of this uh, in the future as man continues to muck up the environment with his uh, Toyota Corollas and stuff. Right, and... God knows how much carbon is being put in the atmosphere right now with this thick cloud of black smoke. It's unbelievable. I've got to get out of this area quick. Yeah, is it coming in? Is it coming across the freeway? It. Uh, well, yeah, the highway. Yeah, not the free. I'm, I'm on a highway, but not a freeway. Yeah, it's just overtaking the entire canyon here, and I'm sure, all the little wow. animals have. I'm sure all the animals they've never experienced the fire before. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's all, this is all brand new. Yeah, especially living in a canyon. Right. Yeah, it's uh. Well, I mean, fires never happened before. Tornadoes never happened before. Hurricanes never happened before. It's all, it's all coming out of the tailpipe of your car because you have to drive on the highway, as you insist on calling it, and uh, screwing up your environment. I mean, John, I mean, uh, you're directly responsible, and I don't know how you can get around that. Nice. I know. As you're driving, trying to describe the fire that you caused. I, I know. Well... Well, look at you. I mean, you just took a trip from Oklahoma all the way to San Francisco. I mean, you're going to have to uh, pay in, you have to pay that, those carbon credits back to the environment for for the trip you took. Well, yeah, I, I'm going to 
try to do it through uh, PayPal financing. And uh, but yeah, I'll do what I have to do. What uh, ten dollars a month until I get it paid off. How 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 has speaking of that? How has your trip uh, been to San Diego so far? Uh, it's been real nice. Pretty uh, uneventful as far as the flight went. Uh, didn't have any TSA trouble other than I had a pocket knife in my bag that I forgot about that I always keep in there that I that I left in there. I didn't know it was in there, but they confiscated it. But you're wait. So you're telling me that they didn't shut down the airport when you when they found a pocket knife in your bag? Mm, no. They probably should have to be safe. But uh, so 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 we could gather that um, when we see for some ridiculous nonsense that it might be some sort of fake or drill type thing, possibly. What was the um? What what do you mean exactly? Well, I'm saying like you'll you'll hear stories about that in the news about how like you know they shut down the airport because they found somebody with a crooked toenail, or you know something utterly ridiculous. But yet you were able to uh, you know carry a pocket knife actually into the airport, and the airport didn't shut down. So. I would, yeah. I would, I would think some some of those events might be uh, fabricated or or maybe even drills, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. And then I made a, I, I just made sure I didn't make any comment about it, like a snide comment to the effect of, uh, "Well, there goes my jihad" or something like that. That's always. That's always good to avoid that. Hey, you still there, John? Hello? Uh, looks like we lost John off the call. Uh, I think I'm still on here. Wait for John to come back on. Maybe his call got disconnected. He should be able to call right back in. Um, yeah, I'm sitting by the pool right now. It's pretty nice. Might get in the pool under the call, maybe. I don't know. It's kind of hot out. Uh, hello. Hey, John, you back? I dropped off there. Yeah. Yeah. I was just, I was just saying that I was, uh, maybe take a dip in the pool as I'm on the call. Oh, that'd be interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I think we I think we need to start doing that on a regular basis. Yeah, I know. Like, like afternoon commute, hot tub style. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Afternoon, afternoon commute, barbecue style. Um, have all all sorts of uh, different flavors of, uh, you know, afternoon commute at the nail salon right afternoon commute wildfire edition what yeah and um speaking of being at the nail salon uh nobody's got to hear you comment on um 
Bruce Gender. Yeah, yeah, you sent me those links. Um, yeah, what would you what you think of the um uh Family Guy and uh magically a television show just coming out the same week uh Bruce Jenner is coming out. Uh I would conclude from that. I don't I don't I don't know how many people would, but I would conclude from it that that's pretty good indicator that the whole entire thing is a is a entirely scripted event. Um whether the guy is really going through some kind of sex change operation or or whatever. Uh I, I at this point I tend to even, I tend to even doubt that. Like it's all just makeup and theater and just to uh it's all put on. Yeah, it could be. I, I wouldn't you know what you know what's funny is in the months leading up to this whole thing, we, you and I have been covering everything from the uh, Vogue cover with the androgynous chic uh-huh. um, to a couple of months ago, remember, we had a, had actually discussed this whole thing being fake. Remember that? Yeah. Uh-huh. And yeah. Um, it was it was all because I saw uh, Target, I was in Target, and I saw, you know, one of these... Uh, one of these uh, paparazzi rags, and it was saying, is Bruce Jenner becoming a woman? And it's funny, too, because I went back and I looked at some of uh, the headlines from a couple of months ago after I was thinking about that. You know, we've been guided through the media, and even myself, just by going into Target once a month, I get to see all these headlines. And then, like, like I said, the Vogue magazine, the cover that I sent you with the uh, layout called androgynous chic and uh-huh. simultane- simultaneously I even uh, mentioned this to you in private and we never actually got to discuss it but uh, on all the magazines you know uh, they said that the new hairstyle for summer for girls is a boy cut oh yeah yeah and so on all the magazines it has all of the you know movie stars um, you know, Miley Cyrus and whatnot, they've all got their hair cut in a boy cut fashion. And right. yeah, so, so we're all being uh, guided through the media towards this uh, whole idea and then leading up to the unveiling of the uh, the occult hermaphroditic goddess, uh, Bruce Jenner. And it's funny because my friend Ferdy came up to me at work uh, yesterday and said, just out of the blue, he's all, you know, with all the stuff that you've been telling me about, he's all, I wonder if they, if they picked him to do this because his last name is Jenner and it sounds like gender. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know if it's a coincidence or not. I I don't, I I don't know. You add all this stuff up together though. And you got to think, well, probably not. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, there's other stuff too that I've seen, um, like, uh, some YouTube video somebody put up about, uh, uh, they, the village people. Well, it was about the Jenner family. They put out some kind of, uh, New Year's Eve or, uh, New Year's, uh, card or a Christmas card. One or the other. I I don't know. Oh, with the, with the, with the checkerboard floor and the winding staircase? 
Yeah. And then yeah. And, and then, then he's kids. inside some kind of uh, in in enclosure, like a, a a glass enclosure, and he's looking at this androgynous looking statue, and um, it's it's very uh, um, well, it's full of like occult sim- symbolism, and it's all um, you know predictive programming type uh, uh, looking. Uh, scenario where they're where they're just kind of putting it in people's face and kind of a hidden halfway hidden way. It's really when you aware of the agenda and all that, you know exactly what they're getting at and what they're um, we're preparing everybody's mind for. You know. Yeah, another good point that uh, Ferdy made uh, yesterday was how he said he said you know look at that entire family. He's all including Bruce Jenner's kids. Um, aside from the Kardashians, he's all they're all into plastic surgery. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. And so so they are like he's all they they are like, you know, the family to promote plastic surgery. And oh, um yeah. which you know, so so this is all about, you know, altering your body, the you know, augmentation as they call it, which I think is a funny word because augment would be to you know, to go up a step, right? So, right. Uh, so if, um, so I guess uh, if you wanted to put it in the correct context, it would be to diminish your body instead of to augment it. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, oh, I think all of it goes hand in hand, you know, and it's, uh, just sort of incrementally and uh, becoming more and more prominent in the media and all that. And of course the uh, Hollywood set always has been promoting that. And then now it's sort of coming to this uh, big hyped up deal. And then this coordinated with all these, with these different shows that are coming, coordinated to come out right at, right on time, right on schedule. And we've talked yeah. about that before. How, um, especially with the with the race baiting, so called events that come out, and they'll just happen to coincide with uh, movie releases and uh, television shows, and then the Ferguson riots coincided exactly with the release of the movie about the MLK assassination and and all that stuff. It's like, ah, there's no way any of that's coincidence. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's why, uh, that's why I sent that to you because, uh, Ferdy had brought that to my attention. He, he seems to be, uh, investigating this quite a bit. And he was, uh, he sent that, he actually hit me to that, to that TV show, Transparent. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And he, and I, was, and I was like, he's all. He came up to me at work and he said, "Remember all that stuff you were telling me about how the movies coincide with what's happening in society?" And I said, "Yeah." He's all, "Check this out." He's all, "What about this?" He's all, "There's a show being released this week called Transparent." He's all, it "Just happens to be the same week that Bruce Jenner uh, turned into a woman, and it's about a dad." 
who turns into a woman and the son's experience of his dad turning into a woman. Gee, how coincidental. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and like you're pointing out, too, the magazines and the, uh, and here we got a television show and then there was a family guy prediction and all that just all happened to be on the same, on the same scripted talking points all at the same time. Well, you know, by, by, uh, just by, you know, just looking at, um, at face value, you know, family guy, man, they've got such a great track record at predicting stuff. I mean, Seth MacFarlane, I mean, he must have, like, a crystal ball or something. He He's just amazing. Yeah. How, how is that even possible, you know? Oh, just... Yeah, they, they just have show after show after show with all of these events just happen to be in, in the shows months before uh, the events actually take place. Man, he, he's, he's really ahead of the game as far as, like... Um, you know, predicting stuff. He's probably making like millions on the stock market with that talent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think it's thing is some of the other ones on top of, off the top of my head. Um, oh yeah, the Boston bombing the prediction there in the Family Guy episode where they're depicting two bombs going off triggered by cell phones and. Uh, then a direct reference to the Boston Marathon in the same episode and um, all of that stuff. And then there was a there's another one where it's a pretty clear cut uh, 9/11 predictive programming that went that aired before 9/11. And uh, then there was the one with the um, Joplin tornado. Do you know about that one? Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that one. Then yeah, there's so the episode Ro- aired right before that with a tornado. Robin Williams. Robin Williams. Yeah. Uh, didn't, uh, Robin Williams John Rivers. dying. Jo- Joan Rivers dying. Weeks before, like the episode airs, like in the Robin Williams, in the in the case of Robin Williams, it aired in. Uh, in Britain, I think, like the very night that it was announced that he was dead, that very episode. It's amazing. Yeah. Coincidence. Totally amazing. Totally amazing coincidence. But then you're going you're to get people that's going to say, oh, well, the Illuminati uh, off these people, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they had to worry about, they really had to worry about uh, Robin Williams and Joan Rivers. <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. They're such a threat. Right. They, see, Alex Jones wasn't a threat to him, but Joan Rivers was. Oh yeah, yeah. She was gonna expose, I guess that. Uh, oh. Michelle Obama's a tranny and all that. And that's why she had to be off. It's like, yeah. Since when does uh, spouting off something get you off? I don't know. But, um, yeah, predicted in the Family Guy episode, too. Yeah. 
Yeah, still there, John? Yeah. Um, let's see, what else is going on? Um, what about Marcus's video on Shaq, on uh, Shaq's webpage? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, pretty interesting. But then he's backing away from that now, and he's saying that uh, he's not a 9-11 truther and that uh, it was, uh, I guess, his 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 media handlers that did that or something. What are you saying? Or that he he posted his uh, Twitter, right? Yeah, I guess he was saying that you know he didn't do it. So that he didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. So wait, you're you're telling me that that movie stars and celebrities don't run their own websites and their own Twitter? That that can't be true. <laughs> yeah, or that uh, it's actually thought, conceivable thought... that somebody would do that on his behalf and then unannounced and then they're going to portray him as a 9-11 truther uh, unbeknownst to him. I don't think that's likely, but uh, that's that's the story he's given, right? I know it's it's, uh, strange too. The guy uh, the guy from Jackass uh, Bam Margera posted it on his website too, and then he backed away from it as well. Oh, really? Wow. Who was who yeah. that again? He was like, you know, you know the the MTV show Jackass. Yeah. Yeah, he was like one of the guys on that show. He's probably like the biggest star to come out of that, I guess. And uh, yeah, he posted it on there, and then he. I guess took it down or anything. Are you still there? Yeah, yeah. I'm getting a lot of yeah. getting a lot of noise. All right, is is it gone now? Yeah, uh huh. All right, sorry about that. Yeah, that's all right. Uh yeah, I listened to that um Mark Stevens' interview on Gnostic Media. Yeah, with Clinton Richardson. Clinton Clinton Richardson. Now, now who is that guy again? Clinton Richardson. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I've never. I've only heard him on Gnostic Media, but I think he has a show on Republic Broadcasting Network. And. He's like a guy who talks about Kaffir reports and sovereign citizen type stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. And so uh, I have my personal opinion of that particular uh, debate. I, um, but real, real quick before we get into that, I just wanted to say one thing that um, uh, about um, Marcus's video. It was also on InfoWars, and uh, they even wrote an article about it on InfoWars, but yet failed to even address the content of the video. Forbes? (laughs) What's that? Did you say Forbes? No, InfoWars. Yeah, and then was it 
did you, did it, it said something about it was on the New York Post. Yeah, I, I didn't see it there, so I, I don't know. But I, uh, it, said, it said it was on New York Post. But I just thought it was funny because, you know, here they are writing about it on InfoWars. But but you would think that would be a revelation to, you know, them over there. Like, hey, wait a minute. What's this video? This video is showing a fake plane flying into the South Tower. Yeah, and they don't even uh, address that. Yeah, they don't even deal with the uh, no plane implications. Yeah. Because so, in an Alex Jones position that uh, you, if you talk about no planes, then you're, you're a disinformation chill trying to discredit the 9-11 truth movement. Yeah, it's a, it, it was it was pretty amazing. I mean, obviously I wasn't expecting it, but I mean, that's just proof right there that, uh, that you know, the, They've got their set idea or their set agenda, whatever it is, and they're going to stick to it no matter what, no matter uh, what evidence or proof can uh, be dropped right in your lap. I mean, there's no way. I'm, I'm going to say that there's no way that uh, Alex Jones has not seen that video. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I know. And it's kind of uh well, I mean... This is the way I guess to gatekeep the information where you can even even put it out there and then kind of just ignore the implications of it and just continue going forward like it is no big deal or something or don't even address it. I have friends in New York City who saw the towers being hit by plane, okay? So these these no-planer videos, it's all... It's it's all disinformation, folks. Don't even look at it. Just don't even worry about it. Yeah, that's what he says. Basically. <laughs> so, anyway, so, uh, so yeah, what do you think of that debate? I thought, uh, I, th- I thought uh, Mark Stevens was. I mean, I would agree with him, but I, like as far as where where John Irving was coming from and and that clip. Clinton Richardson guy, I thought they were completely out of left field. I, I just, I just didn't understand how that had anything. What, what that position has anything to do with uh, logic or critical thinking or anything? It, yeah, it, was, it, it was the most illogical position that I've heard in a long time from anybody. I agree. I, I, I was. I was blown away. I mean, really, honestly, I tried to, I listened to it uh, objectively and like, like I said, I I would, I would agree more with where Mark Stevens was coming from. And I I don't even listen to Mark Stevens' show or anything. Um, But, um, but there's like, there was only one thing that I would kind of sort of agree with on a certain level with Clinton Richardson and that was that um, in order to say that there's no government, uh-huh. um, you would have to, you know, like saying, okay, so there's these people acting as government, right? Right. To say that there's people acting as government, so you're saying that there is a government to act like. 
that's yeah. the only kind of loophole, kind of flaw in in Mark Stevens's uh, Mark Stevens's thing, is when he says there is no government. Although I I don't disagree with him that there is no government, right? Because because um, for anybody who's listening to this, you would have to go listen to the debate on Gnostic Media um, and try to muddle your way through it because. Uh, really, Mark Stevens breaks it down really good. It's like, hey, when the rubber meets the road, is a police officer, if you say to a police officer, um, hey, uh, Mr. Police Officer, uh, I've been, it's been ruled in a court of law that I am a sovereign free man, okay? I don't uh, know what it is. I don't know what it is, what certificate they give you or what kind of form of identification that says, you know, Hey, uh, Mr. Police Officer, just so you know, I have done away with my straw man identity, and I am now a free sovereign citizen. I am no longer uh, a citizen of the you know commercial entity known as United States. Uh huh. I'm not. I'm not uh, acting in commerce. Whatever that. Yeah, means. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not trafficking in commerce. So, um, when you're in traffic, which I think all of that stuff is real, by the way. All of that terminology, you know, citizenship has to do with shipping, traffic, commerce. I get it. I understand it. It makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Right? All the stuff yeah. Jordan Max, all the stuff Jordan Maxwell talks about, except for the stuff when he starts talking about how he's, you know, seen you, um, you know, aliens pop out of UFOs and pterodactyls flying over Griffith Park. Um, but all the stuff having to do with law. I think he's right on the money and all the other people who, who talk about that stuff, I definitely agree with it, but is a police officer not going to kick your ass if you say, you're not taking me anywhere, sir, because I am a sovereign citizen who's done away with my straw man identity? Well, then um, what, what would uh, Clint, Clint Richardson want to say that, uh, oh, they're they're acting under color of law. Like they're not supposed to do that. I know it, it was, it was bizarre. It was really bizarre logic. It's like, okay, you're sitting here arguing over terms being defined by black's law dictionary. Right. Yeah. I would want to ask, uh, you know, as far as that goes, well, and I've heard this too. I've, I've listened to a lot of this stuff in the past. And I've heard I've heard reference to um, oh well yeah that's Black's Law dictionary you're referencing but um, you need to go to the 1842 uh, version and that's going to give you your correct definitions. It's like well yeah what okay what Black's Law dictionary are you going to use? Yeah, on top of all of that, it's like okay, so the system exists as. Clint Richardson described it where you've got um, these people acting in this manner and, um, you know, when they wrote the Constitution or whatever, it, it was meant for citizens who were white and not for all these other, you know, uh, people. And it, it only means that it's for these, whatever, whatever nonsense you want to, you want to say uh, was originally the way that it was. Right. Right. What about when the cop wants to beat your ass because you don't show him any identification? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, 
that's uh that's all under the umbrella or pretext of assuming that there's that you know authority there and they can they can do it because you know they have um the right as a government official or a bureaucrat or a cop or whatever to do that yeah and, and so yeah that that's what it comes down to is okay all of that aside all of that mumbo jumbo aside which is I, like i said i don't even think it's mumbo jumbo i think it's pretty darn accurate you could sit there and study it all day long you could probably even i could probably even have law books in the car next to me when i get pulled over by the cop and the cops yeah. will probably confiscate my law books and put them in the um when they take my car to be impounded my law books will still be sitting in there while i'm sitting in jail and not doing me any good yeah, and that can be used against you in a court to prove that you're some kind of wacko anti-government type that doesn't believe in authority. No, yeah, yeah, I mean, but, yeah, here's another thing. It's that, uh, like, John um, Irving, Clinton Richardson there, it, the position they were coming from is that there is this, um, it's basically like this appeal to this abstraction called the Constitution, and that somehow that it's 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 the righteous law of the land, and it's all legitimate. And the problem is that uh, the the people who run the government or identify themselves as the government um, act outside of uh, outside of the Constitution, and they're not doing the right thing, and then. It's this idea that it's 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 incumbent on the individual, no matter who you are, to quote uh, do your homework and to go dig up the Black's Law Dictionary of 1848 or whatever, and get the correct definitions, and then you can um, argue this stuff in court, I guess, and then they'll leave you alone. Like they like he was given the story of how he was handcuffed by the TSA, and then all he had to do was explain that he was, uh, he wasn't acting under commerce or something like that. Right. And then, um, she took the handcuffs off of him. Yeah, that probably did happen. And maybe uh, one time, two times, three times out of 20 times, you might be able to, you know, get somebody to, you know, understand that you know what it is that you're talking about and then they get kind of maybe scared that they're going to get in trouble. Um, but yeah, that's not going to, that's not going to work every time. No. And it what depends it, what, on who you're dealing with. Yeah. And so, so you're, you can't, you can't go into a situation um, like, you know, me driving home right now where I could say, well, I know, that if I told a police officer, sir, it is illegal for you to ask for my ID um, because I am not acting in commerce. I am, I am, a, you know, a free man driving home, or I'm. I guess I'm not driving. I am traveling, right? Right. Yeah, you're traveling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. Tra- I'm traveling. I am not driving. I am not um, in traffic. So therefore. Therefore, you need to, uh, you know, leave me alone, and you cannot um, detain me. And and the police officer is going to go, oh yeah, you're right. You said the magic, you said the magic words, 
absolutely be on your way, sir. Oh no, no, it's not a magic. It's not the magic words. You you're you're misquoting. Like Clint Clint Richardson would say, oh yeah, that's no, it's not what I said. It's not a magic word. It's it's just the facts based on law and how the law really is, and that it's everybody's um, obligation to to learn it and to study it and to know it. Whether you're some like 17 year old that's just going to go get their driver's license for the first time, or some old lady or whoever it is, the average citizen it has to become a, a like this legal scholar and and study Black's Law Dictionary and and then another thing too, it's like, well, I would ask him. I said, well, isn't that you know you're saying that this means that and voluntary means this? Isn't that your own particular interpretation? How do you know that's correct? Yeah. I thought I thought the debate over over the words and and what the words actually mean uh, don't mean anything uh, to anybody because you know there's this there's this idea with a lot of these uh, type of people and you know like we've had Jan Irvin on and he was a nice guy he was really uh, nice to me and nice to you um, and I'm not uh, knocking him or or Clint Richardson for their particular viewpoints. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know Clint Richard personally, um, and I don't uh, know Jan Irvin personally either. So, but I think that they're incorrect because when it comes down to particular words and and whatever, nobody cares. Huh. You've you've already proven this when you call uh, when you've made phone calls to police stations and and talked to the to the PR people. And they just come up with some BS idea that, yeah, you know, this person by videotaping here, no, it's not against the law, but, um, but yeah, we're still going to, you know, take him to jail, even though it's not against the law. Well, so it's not against the law, but you're going to take him to jail. Well, well, he's being disruptive. Yeah, by being disruptive, by uh, disobeying our orders. Yeah. And that's what it comes down to. It's like, well, we have a, we have a policy. And then when I asked, like I asked that one cop, I said, well, is, you know, is that, so that has the force of law then. And then she wouldn't even answer that question. Yeah. But I guarantee you that, that they would, they would act as if it was just, you know, any other law on the books or anything, which is what they do. But, um, you know, I, I would make the point that regardless of how, they conduct themselves or whether they're, they're conducting themselves within the, you know, quote unquote law, whatever that happens to be, or, or however you're going to interpret that it is. The question remains is like, well, is that law or the constitution or, uh, whatever you're appealing to, like what, what is the premise that it's based on originally anyway? You know, it's like, why does it have more weight than than any other other statement or uh, code or anything that anybody can write down at any time? Like, I I was just, I was wondering when they were going to get to that, but I don't don't know if they ever got that. I didn't finish listening to the complete um, uh, discussion there, but. 
Yeah, the discussion got muddied down with defining terms and and all, all that type of stuff. And I, I, I felt as if it was two guys against one, unfortunately, because um, uh, I thought Clint Richardson was allowed more time to speak and Jan Irvin seemed to side with him more than he sided with Mark Stevens. So, yeah, and and I thought that was just um, well, it was actually ridiculous. I don't know what why it is so important that you get these you know correct and ac- accurate definitions when you know w- without establishing like well what what is what is the reasoning behind those particular definitions being so important. Yeah, it's not. Well, yeah, I got a... You got another phone call? Yeah, I don't know what's going on here. I think it stopped. Okay. I don't know. Your battery dying? Uh, no, it looks like I got battery life. Yeah, I don't actually know where that's coming from. Oh. Oh, oh. They're tracking us. That's your homing device that got put on you without you knowing it. Yeah. But I guess I consented to it when I got my phone contract or when you uh, got your uh, citizenship right <laughs> <laughs> yeah ah man um is that you want to want to try uh, uh hanging up and calling back in real quick mm, let's see Yeah, let's do that. I only got 10 minutes, so. Okay, you got 10 more minutes? Yeah, I got 10 more minutes. But uh, you, you want me to call back in again? Yeah, we're oh, both going to have to call back in, I think. Let's do that. Okay. Let's do that real quick, okay? All right, bye. I'm here and it's still beeping. I guess that's coming from TalkShoe. Oh, yeah, it's still there. Yeah, it must be coming from TalkShoe. Is it? Well, it's not, it's not my phone. Oh, yeah, I think somebody was 
somebody was uh somebody called in to talk to you and it was coming through their um phone. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, someone called into the call? Yeah. Looks like uh Damon's on here too. Let's see if uh yeah, I haven't been able I haven't been able to look at this chat, so I didn't know it was coming from there. Um yeah, I think that fixed it. Okay, cool. Oh, All right, oh so yeah. the, the chat room's open? Yeah, I, ha- I had it set up to where, like, what anybody can call in and it uh, unmutes you automatically. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, cool. Damon's on here, I think. Gentlemen. Hey, what's up, Damon? What's What's up? Funny, man. Just hearing what you guys had to say. Uh, it's been a uh, hiatus, so uh, just calling in to see what you guys were talking about and see if I had anything to offer, and if I didn't, I'm just going to hang back and listen and go from there. Yeah, we right, were cool, talking ab- Yeah, we were talking about... Um, Chris was telling me about uh, the different colored uh, bikinis he was seeing on the beach. <laughs> on the on the, the male bikinis. That's a hard life right there, Chris. Hey, this is hey, we're we're in a post gender society now. We don't have to worry about that stuff, okay? Yeah, I'd mentioned right. that earlier in the chat, uh, talking about the memes that were being put out with as far as transvestitism goes and you know, we had a family reunion a couple of weeks ago and people are actually in the family reunion, very conservative you know, Christian family and talking about trannyism. I mean, it's, uh, you know, once they put the meme out there, it just grows. The seed is put out, and, I mean, it just grows like a crazy vine. I mean, it, it really yeah. is something to behold. It's crazy. So, and most of it was parrot talk, right? I mean, it's just stuff that they heard on talk radio, probably driving to work and driving home, and then they come to the family reunion and repeat all the big major talking points about why it's wrong and, what's so ridiculous about it and oh man yeah really did you did you guys see the the lady who said that she was well she was a white lady saying that she was black yeah as a matter of fact that was a big talk uh amongst some of my coworkers. yes yeah i don't think chris has heard about that what is that transracial yeah transracial Transracialism is is now coming. They're just going to throw everything that you could possibly confuse people with. It's just all going to hit the the um, the duty. The duty is going to hit the fan now. It's just all up in the air now. Everything's up in the air. Well, well, I do have to say. So when I hear one of those stories, the first place I normally go is the Daily Show because John Stewart does a pretty good job of putting a comedic spin on it, and uh, his comedic spin on that one was. Uh, it wasn't that funny, but it was pretty funny when you watch the woman respond to the questions and then you watch the, the uh, John Stewart show kind of imitate her response to the question. It's pretty funny. So, Yeah. I mean, I'm not endorsing John Stewart, but I will say he does uh, make me smile and does kind of hold my attention on some of his topics that he jokes about. So, But, again, that's been talked about, too, on this call, that humor is disarming, right? It's a, it's a way to disarm people and get them to accept topics that they would not normally 
ever even consider talking about. So put it out there in the form of humor, and now it's disarmed you, and now it's something we can all just accept and talk about. Yeah, I, I, I think I think with when, with those particular programs, um, especially guys from men, especially men from my generation. I don't know how how old are you again, Damon? Are you I'm like 40. my age? I'm okay, 40. you're you just yeah. So you're three years older than me. Um, so we we were in high school at the same time. Yeah, I graduated and, in '93. Yeah. I graduated in '96. Yeah, '96. The um, so so like guys guys from our generation, they're kind of taught not to be serious about life at all, and you definitely don't want to take politics too seriously because I, I've seen this all too many times having a discussion with with, with people, um, and not even politics, just you know social issues, whatever whatever it may be. Um, it, it's kind of a, it's kind of um, a, a good way to when, when you start talking about certain things. I'm sure you've experienced this. About both of you guys have experienced this. Someone will start laughing as you're talking about it, and it's because mm -hmm. they've they've been taught not to take it seriously. And so, like you said, I, I've got nothing against. Humor. I, I like to joke around. Chris and I obviously uh, joke around quite a bit. Um, uh, I've heard Damon joke around on on the calls before too. So yeah, we're not humorless, but at the same time, a show like John Stewart, it's like everything is funny, right? Well, and, and to top well, it off, you know the what I mentioned earlier in the chat when you guys were talking about uh, the whole sovereign citizen versus anarchy. Um, you know, everything's based on representative government. So when you take a show like Jon Stewart and politics is kind of something to be laughed at and a little obscured and something that um, you should not take seriously. Meanwhile, these representatives that are politicians are making all these obscure laws and random laws saying you got to wear a helmet this year. Next year, you don't have to wear a helmet. This year, you got to have a front license plate. Next year, you don't. This year, you got to wear a seatbelt which has never changed. That's always been in place. But these people are making all these laws. While you're supposed to not be taking them seriously, they're writing laws that are changing the way you live your life. I mean, yeah, they're affecting how you operate in, in daily life, and it could have a financial impact on you and potentially even get you shot, I guess, to get pulled over and start acting the wrong way. But um, Did you... Did you hear that uh, debate we were talking about? No, I haven't. As a matter of fact, I downloaded it uh, as soon as I heard that there was a debate. I went and downloaded it because I do enjoy listening to Mark Stevens every once in a while. So, yeah, you, it's 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 pretty funny. The uh, but but one thing I, it sounds like they never got to was representative government because everything started with representative government, even the. Um, as far as the colonies went, they had representatives that they would send up. And, of course, you know, they say they were all of one of the same mind. And, of course, representation is supposed to work like that. But, again, like you said, John, you have these shows like The Daily Show that go out and disarm people and say, oh, well, you can't take politics seriously. But yet the politics are changing the way commerce works, the way money works, the way banking works, the way uh, you have to live your life in daily travel – or uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, yeah. commerce, you, you whatever. Know, here, here, 
here's something I want to say because I, I have to I have to go and I'll listen to your guys' talk a little later, unfortunately. Um, you know, if you go back and you look at the Continental Congress uh, that decided we were going to, you know, go into the Revolutionary War, you know mm-hmm. that there was – I can't remember which uh, which gentleman it was who excused himself, but there was one guy who wouldn't vote to go to war, right? Mm-hmm. And so through color of law, because apparently it was, hey, we all have to vote to go to war or or we don't go, right? That's a that's apparent yeah. that's that's how the story goes. But see, they even give you this little like like trick within within that story there because what they did was they convinced the guy not to show up. Are you familiar with that story? No, I don't think I've heard that one. Yeah, the, I I can't yeah. I, I wish I wish I could remember all that stuff off the top of my head. I read it years ago. But yeah, Benjamin Franklin alleged, you know, he you know, if if the person was absent during the vote, then that meant, you know, the people who were there could, you know, vote to go to war. So Benjamin Franklin can convince the one guy who was opposed to going to war to not show up that day, and then they were able to vote to go to war. So there's even a loophole in the alleged, you know, tightly knit, uh, you know, um, bathed in righteousness uh, starting of this country, you know, by fighting the, the, the only good war that there ever was, the, that revolutionary war there. That was, that was God's war, and we were fighting the good fight. Um, but even the start of it was, was, you know, had a little white lie attached to it. Well, yeah, we all voted to go to the war, but we really didn't because we just convinced the guy who was against it not to show up that day. Yeah, so the, from the very beginning in the so-called constitutional republic, it was already violating it right from the beginning. Yeah, I talked about that before, how they would, uh, if you were uh, suspected of being a uh, Jacobian from, you know, supposedly some... Uh, France. Yeah, like they were... Jacobin. Uh, uh, Jacobus, yeah, like the uh, terrorists of the day. Yeah, it was gonna... the aliens. It was the Alien and Sedition Act under uh, President of my same namesake, John Adams. But um, real, real quick, gentlemen, I'm I'm gonna have to uh, shove off here, and um, I'm going to violate the rights of some beef right now. All right, yeah, just be sure you uh, pay the proper carbon credits on that. Yeah, just make, remember, I'll John, make... you're having to kill something, okay? You're having to kill something so that you can live. So your life better be worth something today, man. Something I... had to die for you, John. That's right, and and you know what? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna deny that cow his sovereign citizenship. I'm gonna make sure that he was the right type of cow before I partake of the of the of the hamburger and. Um, but as long as he was, you know, but if he, if the cow wasn't, here's how I look at it. If he wasn't smart enough to not get killed, then, you know, then too bad for him. And, uh, he's not, he, he didn't uh, live up to his, uh, 
you know, to his, his duty as a citizen of these, uh, these here United States of America. So. Yeah. Oh, right. All right. Well, um, I'll talk to you guys at some other point. All right. Sure. Yeah. Thanks, John. Take care, man. Yeah, Have a good one, man. You you guys do the same. All right. Talk to you next Bye-bye. time, man. Bye. So was this a hoaxbusters call or just an afternoon chat or just a mix-up of, of just a Chris uh, mania going on here? Oh, it's, uh, I guess it is what it is, man. Gotcha. Perfect. Yeah, you guys were talking about police procedure earlier, and uh, I was just thinking that the police have their procedure no matter what the law says. So it's pretty much irrelevant, and unfortunately, your battle is through their administration. It's not on the street with the cop. I mean, you they always have the upper hand. So Yeah, and then like I was saying before, it's like there's, a, there's this, um, and you hear it from a lot of people, it's just kind of this appeal to this abstraction, this fiction of like there was maybe at one time this, uh, you know, constitutional form of government and then it's, it's the perfect law of the land and that we all just learn it and what it really means that we can take the Republic back and all this other nonsense. It's just pure. It's, it's like a, uh, cult mentality or, or a, uh, it's just like a this belief system. It's it's, but as far as having any kind of bearing on reality, it doesn't. I don't think it ever has. But right. then let's say that you know your position is that oh yeah, that's it's you know we just need to get back to the constitution. I w- I would like to ask that person like okay, can you point out a time in history when the people who identified themselves as government actually followed it? Is there ever been a time in history where you can point to to say, oh, the Constitution was working as it was designed and uh, the people uh, identifying themselves as the government actually adhered to? It's like, no, I don't I don't I don't think that time ever existed. And that I think it would be upon that person to prove it existed. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and even then, the, the, the proof of it is in historic alleged historic documentation, and then you get into all the systems that formed around that, whether it be free enterprise or controlled enterprise, uh, government itself, the ideals of government, federalists versus anti-federalists. I mean, you've got so many philosophies, basically, that that are competing ideas against one another, and a lot of those ideas did go into government, and my point is getting lost here, just not to lose my point, all these competing ideas came together to make, whether they're following the Constitution or not, to make the ruling class of America, which eventually became representative government. And we clearly see that it's still in place today with the likes of Rand Paul running, uh, Jeb Bush, uh, Hillary Clinton, you know, all the common names, Donald Trump. I mean, it's just, uh, it's really hilarious to hear that, that these same names are being thrown around and it's like, oh, well, you know, we really need somebody who knows what they're doing. It's, it's, the answer is these people. Who cares about Constitutional Republic or when it was followed or whatever? Our answer is these people, so it's outrageous. 
Yeah, it's just another belief system. Oh, and it's really kind of just a, it's really a a fanciful idea. You know, it's not, yeah, it doesn't really have any kind of basis in reality. And I don't, I don't, I I would, I would take the position that it never was actually followed ever. Um, It it always has been a mind control tool tool for the masses, really. Yeah, I mean, in, in reality, it's an idea. I mean, the Constitution is an idea. Whether or not it's ever followed or has ever been followed, uh, you know, that's that's irrelevant. Like you said, the, the basis it really has no basis in reality. So, But, you know, it's like the, okay, if the whole idea is or the ideal is having a, uh, a fair or just society, you would move away from any kind of centralized, anonymous authority like anonymous meaning like you you you're going to go in front of a judge and a judge is going to have this power over you to decide the course of your life for the next however many years or maybe the rest of your life you know if you get some life sentence to go to prison and you know it's going to be somebody that you've never met before in your life and you know your attorney that's going to represent you has probably never met you before and the prosecutors probably never met you before, and they're total strangers to you. So it's like, how do you expect any kind of fair system that's based on that kind of anonymous authority, where it's like, oh well, you know, this person has authority because they have this particular designation, and they get they get the uh, they have the right to rule over you know Damon or anybody just because that's who who they're designated as. But it's like, yeah, it's like that. That's never been a, that's never been a fair system. I think it's just, it's absolutely fundamentally flawed uh, on the face of it, you know. And then these constitutionalist people don't, <laughs> don't ever deal with anything like that. No, it's just like this appeal to this, like, oh well, yeah, it works as long as people follow it, and then if some, if somehow, the burden is on the average person to not be, you know, quote unquote, ignorant of the law and to go study Black's Law Dictionary and get all your definitions and all your legal ducks in order so that you can conduct yourself properly in these courts. And that's just a ridiculous idea. You're not going to, you're not going to get them or the people who are, you know, designate themselves as government, you're not going to get them to, to apply the law equally. They never have and they never will. They don't, they don't apply the same. It's like uh, uh, on that uh, interview we were talking about, like the guy, uh, uh, Clint Richardson is taking the position that, oh, well, you know, that's all you need to do. You just need to let them know that, oh, well, I'm the sovereign citizen or whatever, and then they back off. It's like, well, the question is, okay, when that, when that, when that TSA agent or whoever it was put the cuffs on him, and then, like later, relented and took the cuffs off. Is now at the, from that point forward, do you proceed to press charges upon this woman, and then they get the same punishment that the average ordinary citizen doing the same thing would get? No, absolutely not. They never do. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's obviously some some uh, double standard when it comes to that stuff, and and there always has been. It's like, well, yeah, that's 
it's you, you you're not ever going to get people that, that identify themselves as government to apply the law to themselves. They're just not going to do it. No, absolutely not. I mean, um, one thing that... fathers didn't do it. I, from what I understand, stuff I've ran across. Uh, who'd you say couldn't do it? Founding fathers. Oh, the, yes. No. This, yeah. Again, the founding fathers, these D.S. Masons basically just used an idea to promote it within culture. The same way they promote ideas through media today. Uh, back then, it was just newspapers, and uh, they could get people to parrot opinions. And I actually think that people back then probably thought things out a lot more because they had probably more time to think about things. Um but, you know, where did that get us? <laughs> the agenda of the day still ruled out that you had representative government ruling over whether we had a revolution or not. So, um, but one thing that I got to think about while I was on vacation a lot was, um, you know, like where where is my purpose, like what is my purpose in this society the way I look at it today? And uh, I thought a lot about that on vacation and basically determine that, you know, whatever my core values are, anything that keeps me from my core values, like taking care of my family and feeding my family and trying to accumulate security, whether that's wealth or putting away food or whatever, um, if if it's a distraction, it's got to be removed. And one thing that got me thinking a lot about that was uh, we talked about the Amish because I kept bringing up the Mennonites and the Amish a lot while uh, we had our family reunion here um, because some of my family lives very close to the Amish. And one by, one person brought up a really good point. They said, uh, well, you know, the Amish think kind of like you do in the in the ideal that's put forth that if there's something that distracts you, that keeps you away from your core values, you got to get rid of it. And the example he used was the Amish started producing too much food when they started using these tractors. So now Amish don't use a lot of technology, but some technology they do use. But the technology, as far as tractors went, they started using it, and they started producing so much food that they were having to spend like a a number of extra hours per week processing food and storing food and keeping storage silos clean and building more storage silos. And they determined that these tractors were too fast, so they took off the rubber tires and put on steel wheels to keep them going slow so that there'd be no... (laughs) temptation to like try to produce more because it wasn't needed and it just it it actually took them away from their core principles same thing with cell phone usage that you know they had these cell phones but they turn them off they only turn them on for work purposes to get messages call people to to confirm appointments and then they turn them off again so i really uh i really did like that idea so i really have taken that taken that back from vacation and come into my normal life and said, okay, where where is the excess and what can I shave away and have more time to do the things that, that really matter, that, that are really pur- purposeful and, and have a purpose. So, I don't know, I just thought that was a neat lesson and an example of um, that, that my friend was telling me about, or my cousin was telling me about. And uh, I don't know, man, it just made a lot of sense and I really, uh, I was really moved by it. So, uh, when I say moved, I like didn't cry. I'm just saying it really got me to thinking and got my mind working. Like, okay, what are all the things that are a distraction in my life? 
So, and, and what are the things that I can get rid of that I don't really need that don't support the core values that that I really think matter? So, so anyway, let that be yeah. a lesson to everyone. You don't you don't have to talk to my cousin for twelve hours to try to get to that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good good way to good way to think. Yeah, absolutely. And to keep that in mind, you know. Well, it's just so easy to get distracted, you know, even like, uh, you know, people up at work are talking about the whole, the 2016 election, and then, you know, that kind of gets you kind of like, oh, well, you know, I should have some some talking points so that I can kind of get them thinking in another direction. It's like, well, that's, why is that even part of anything I should be doing? Who cares? You know, I, I don't even care. Just stay quiet unless somebody asks my opinion about it. Who cares? I mean, I have no... Why would I go start so-called researching what these people are saying for the 2016 election? I mean, I'm not even going to vote, and I'm going to tell everyone yeah. they shouldn't vote. I mean, what what would be the purpose? So, well, to me, it's kind of like uh, people who are into like daytime TV, like soap operas and stuff, and uh, you know they'll you know they they could talk about it and discuss it as if they're real people and then you know what goes on in the soap opera really has some bearing on uh you know their life or something you know the people that you know that that are so into it they talk about it like it's real you know and i think i look at politics the same way it's gonna it it has the same relevance or bearing as any other distraction that's out there and it's really of no real consequence Right. Other than to perpetuate the system, and and it it it, it perpetuates the system by, you know, creating this illusion that they, they, that that you know, um, political race is, is really going to have some kind of bearing on the way things are going to unfold, and you know the uh, subsequent years after that. But it's not. It's not going to. You know, it's it's got about as much relevancy as a soap opera. Right. Or who's going to win, you know, the the World Wrestling Federation title in 2016. You know, it's that that's about how relevant it is, but you know, it's it's, it's real difficult to convince somebody of that unless you kind of go through a lot of uh you know, pointing out a lot of truths that they're not uh, paying attention to, you know. And well, yeah, yeah, you have to start with the fundamental, the philosophy. So if you believe in government and representative government, <clears throat> where did that philosophy come from, and why is it? Why do you actually believe in it? And all the time, you know, there's three points that everybody gets back to, which are usually uh, the rule of law, roads, and some will say post office, uh, some will say commerce regulation. You know, if it wasn't for government, we'd all be slaves. Um, you know, <laughs> just like yeah. You know, my point of view is, you know, because of government, we are slaves. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the, usually those three points, they'll always come up because, I mean, I've talked over the past year or so, or two years, I guess, since going from libertarian ideas to kind of anarchism, which, again, is another rabbit hole for us to go down, right? I mean, it's interesting because it reminds me of my so-called truth movement in that I went down all these rabbit holes from Jones to Watt to uh, all these people, and then I found you and Marcus, and not saying you guys are part of the rabbit hole. I'm just saying that, you know, there's this journey that people go through 
um, even with government. And, and they have these rabbit holes set up, whether it's anarchist, is set up for people who are, you know, disenfranchised libertarians. And, you know, it's, it's just very interesting to see how that works. But, uh, yeah, they, they basically got a hole for everybody to go in. But um, I kind of lost my point. Uh, oh, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so, so people bring up those three topics. And, you know, it's really hard to debunk those three things out of people's minds, you know, without the without the military and the government, we'd all be German lampshades. I've heard that one, you know, from people <laughs> in the conservative yeah. talk, who listen to a lot of conservative talk radio, you know, and how we'd be communist and we'd be red China, you know, the Chinese would be ruling over here and the Russians would be here ruling if it wasn't for the good old U.S. government. So, but it's really right. hard to debunk those paradigms in people's minds because they won't go to the fundamental philosophy and say, Yes, I accept this philosophy. They say, yes, I accept this philosophy because it's something they're conditioned to. So it's easy to accept it. But when you try to come out of the conditioning and you try to break down and say, what would be the best philosophy, starting from ground zero, um, what would be the best philosophy for us to set up any type of, of um, I wouldn't even call it government, to, to, to exist in society, what would be the best existence in all the time. I mean, it, it's easy to answer in a five-year-old. Well, a ten-year-old could probably answer it and say it's best to be free, free, right, and and be in a voluntary system that you volunteer for. So, because majority yeah, rule, yeah, and then uh, people, if you're not I don't, only people under, understand what that word means. You know, I don't right. think they have any true concept of it because right. you know they they it's call the United States word. a free country. Yeah. And it's not even anything close to a free country. I mean, you can't really do much of anything without getting permission from the government. And then you have to also pay for the privilege to uh, fish, to drive a car, to go anywhere, to travel, to to do to to open a business, to do anything that you want to do. You have to get permission from the government. So, I mean, how how is that uh, freedom? I don't understand that. And then. Uh, you know, most people don't have any free time to do what they want on their own because they're busy making some other person rich, you know, through the 40-hour work week. You know, yep. so that's, that's the reality. But, you know, that's not freedom. You know, it's, uh, oh, well, yeah, I can quit my job and I can move anywhere in the country I want. But it's like you you're, you won't, uh, you won't have much freedom because you'll be, mainly concerned with uh where you're going to get your next meal you know and then and then once you're if you forsake the money system and everything you're you're really going to be um ostracized and and cast off and you'll, you'll be shunned from society you know i mean basically yeah if you're okay. if you're broke you know that, that's the way that works so so you're beholden or you're obligated or compelled or uh, to to work and to work a lot, and uh, but you, your the the majority of your labor and your production goes to somebody else, so that yeah, you know, it's not it's not freedom. Yeah, agreed. But it's it's like well, as far as like any discussion of the law or or the nature of the government or what it's like, I think it helps to understand that. We live inside of a um, 
like like a a farm. Right? I, I, I said this before. I, I agree with that that uh, that quote that says, you know, we're we're you know, human beings or civilization. It's 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 a uh, a system of, um, of farming human beings and to to keep everybody in line and to keep you working and to keep you uh, productive for the people who run the system. You know, sure. And and, and all that. Out. In all that, you're losing your autonomy by outsourcing your intelligence to authoritarians. You're, you're letting people who are smarter than you in every single facet of life, uh, who, who you believe are smarter than you, to control you. Yeah, and it's all based on perception. It's not totally. There's nothing that ever would would uh, offer you any proof that these people are smarter than you. It's just uh, assume that they are. Because they they fill this certain role in so-called society, and then you know the presumption is that they're smarter. But what what proof do you have that they've proven it to you? No, you never met the person, but they're making decisions for you that affect your life. And uh, yeah, you really have no actual say in the whole procedure of how you know those decisions get made. You can say, oh well, you can go vote, but you know it's like well. Um, what what real proof or evidence so there is there out there that anybody can offer up that voting actually has a real effect on uh, a, an individual's life? Well, well, for one thing, you know, let's say it was legitimate. Let's say the elections weren't rigged or or the process wasn't rigged, which it absolutely is. Well, let's just say it wasn't. You're you're still under this sort of um, you're under the system where you're you get to um put in your opinion or you know vote who you want to go uh, vote for but then at the same time you have to be be a voice of, you're you're forced or you're you're corralled into um throngs of people that may not have the same interest or, or the ideas but they're going to be making decisions uh based on their vote and it's based on this majority or mob rule which is ridiculous so it's it's really, even if it was what it claimed to be, it's ridiculous on its face. So it, that's that's another thing, and it's like all this discussion about oh, sovereign citizens and uh, you know what what is constitutional law, what is common law, what is commerce law, and all this other stuff. It, it it's really just a big red herring and a big distraction. That's all it is. Yeah. Yep. So uh, how's your? Uh, I guess are you back from vacation? Or are you still in Cali? No, I'm 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 out here in uh, San Diego. Oh, okay, man. What are you doing? Like hard time over there, or what? Oh, I was doing a little bit of work. I was helping my helping a friend of mine out. Um, working on his. Uh, he's got a home studio. You know, he does recording and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he's putting in a. Like a uh, kind of a soundproof booth for doing vocals and stuff like that. So I I, I built that up there for him, and uh, yeah, helping him out on that. So yeah, just I, about I just, just about finished up with it. I just figured you're doing hard time over there for like some type of uh, immigration violation when you went to Mexico and came back, and you know. No, no. Get it hard, like you're doing hard time. Like, oh yeah, you're by the beach. It's like, 
you know, that that's terrible compared to being in Oklahoma, isn't it? Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. Uh, like, what is uh, your your weather is probably about the same as Oklahoma. So what? how hot is it there now? Uh, it's actually nice. I guess uh, something this uh, cloudy bill or whatever this weather front's called that came through Texas, it's for the past two days it's been dark and cloudy and about 15 degrees cooler than normal. So it's like 81, 84 here right now. Oh, wow. Nice. Cool. I mean, it looks horrible, but uh, it's actually pretty nice here. So, I mean, this will all pass once this burns off. I mean, yeah, we're looking at 99, 95. The week, uh, the week we did at the state park, it was uh, pretty hot out there. I mean, it was 91, 93, and it was uh, humid hot. So, I mean, it was uh, bad, man. We got tore up with chiggers. Even with all the sulfur you could douse on your body, uh, we still got tore up. So, it was... Uh, it was hot though, yeah. It was pretty hot, but you know, I mean, I'm we're used to that here. I mean, we live here because it's hot. I mean, I don't like cold weather at all, so I could probably get used to it if I had to. But um, I would love to go move somewhere though by beach. I mean, I love the ocean, but you know, right now it's just not. It's probably feasible, I guess, if I just made a decision to do it. But I don't know. It may take a lot of pain, and I don't want to go through that much pain to get to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> I like the beach, but I don't know how much pain I'm going to go and suffering I'm going to go through to get there, you know, as far as like selling houses and relocating. And when I say houses, I just mean house. I don't mean like I have multiple houses, but I'm just saying, you know, doing all kinds of work to actually make your way to the beach. I mean, it's not like my ultimate dream to live at the beach. I think if it was, I would do that, but yeah, I just like it. I just like a warm climate. And if it gets hot in the summer, it just it gets it's hot in the summer, so. Yeah, I don't. It doesn't bother me that much. I'm not really, I'm not really uh, that uh, averse to the heat and stuff. But uh, yeah, it is kind of nice to get somewhere where it's a little bit uh, more even as far as temperature and stuff. I mean, it's usually around the same temperature and stuff here. So yeah, it's. it's well, that's the nice about over there. You know, it may it may still get up to ninety five to one hundred degrees during the day, but it cools down at night, back down to the fifties. So, or 60s, yeah, so that's really nice. Like in Oklahoma, it'll be one hundred and ten degrees, and then maybe the next week it'll be down to eighty. You just never know. Well, the thing is, though, at night though, it still doesn't get that cool. Like in yeah, it doesn't cool off at night either. Yeah. Yeah, like there where you're at, it seems like it cools off at night and the temperature kind of oh, comes yeah. down and gets everything nice and puts put a little chill out in the air late at night. So Yeah, it'll, that's always it'll cool nice. way down. I mean, that's yeah, one reason we nice. love Colorado. Cause, and that's the other thing, you know, when you come from a super hot climate, you can go to Colorado or San Diego and you can just really appreciate the uh, differences in temperature at night and the day. Whereas people who live there, you know, they're like, oh, i got to wear a jacket, it's cold. And, but um, I guess I have a different level of appreciation for when we go to a place like that, that uh, it's like, wow, this is really nice. But you get used to it like everything, and, you know, it's not that big a deal. So. Yeah. Well, listen, man, i got to wrap it up here because uh, I'm on my uh, cell phone, track phone thing, and it's uh, I wanted to kind of. Okay, man break it off here so I'm not paying all kinds of money. Oh, hey, did you check out that uh, the loops thing that I sent you? 
from uh, Radio Lab on National Propaganda Radio. Oh yeah, I got that saved. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna give that a listen. Yeah, uh-huh. I think you'll I think you'll find the last two stories uh, interesting to say the least. So, and there's also a lot yeah. of stuff in there about human expectations of loops and. I don't know. It's just it's interesting. At least, even from a fakery perspective, it's interesting. So, all right, man. Like, all right, cool, man. Yeah, check that out. See what that's, see what's going on there. Uh, yeah, thanks for calling in, dude. Hey, no problem, man. Glad to hear you're doing well and and gonna make it back at some point. But enjoy yourself while you're over there, man. Yeah, it's been good so far. So good. Yeah, that's excellent. Hey man, Hi, man. Uh, one more question. Did you get your? Uh, have you any closer to getting your solution, your van solution? Uh no, I'm working on it, I'm trying to put money back. You know, but yeah, it, it'll probably be a while before I get get money saved up. But it's kind of uh, yeah, just working towards it. Yeah, well, I'm the proud new owner of a 1996 uh, Jamboree Searcher. So that basically almost sleeps my whole family. It sleeps us just barely. So I think as my children get older, it's going to be a problem. But uh, yeah, I found a jamboree. One. What a jamboree searcher! It's a thirty-one footer or thirty footer, and uh, yeah, I had sixteen thousand miles on it. Some older couple bought it. Chris, this couple paid sixty-two grand in nineteen ninety-six for this thing, and it just. They put on they put sixteen thousand miles on it and never used it for like eight years straight. I mean, isn't that wow. just pathetic? I mean, it's it's not it's pathetic because they just just dumped so much money into it and they barely even used it. Now I had a lot of problems because it set up and they didn't take care of the roof and it had some leaks and you know stuff on it didn't work because it just it just set up in the open Texas sun for years just sat there. Yeah. So. Anyway, they practically they didn't give it away. I mean, I found it on Craigslist, and um, you know, it took me two months to even get out there and go see it. I've been trying to work out a schedule with them to go see it, and half their family died during this process. I mean, not half their family, but he had a sister and stuff. Anyway, it's a long story, but eventually I made it over there and just made him an offer. I barely even looked at it, and I just threw an offer out there, and he's like, I'll take it. <laughs> wow. So. Luckily, the thing started right up, and the one of the air conditioners worked. The, the automobile part air conditioner worked, but the uh, roof air AC didn't work. So I had to replace the AC on the roof and replace the inverter, replaced all the batteries. And uh, so far, most of it works. I still have some problems with some things and a bunch of water leaks, but i got to replace all the water lines and stuff. But, yeah, man, I, I, I got it. Got it going. So... Cool. Yeah, I got to send me a send me a picture of it. Like, yeah, man, we'll do. About. We'll do. All right. All right, man. All right, man. Later. All right. Talk to you later, dude. Bye. All right, everybody. Uh, it's the seventeenth of June, twenty fifteen. We just did a call here. Afternoon commute, I guess, is what it was. We had Damon. Thanks, Damon, for calling in. And uh, thanks, everybody, for coming out on the short notice. Looks like uh, Frank is here. Cool, man. Uh, Zotary, K. Ahmad. Hey, what's up, K? Uh, Mahershal, Morris Lim, 
course, Damon and uh, Asta. Right on. Well, that was a good call. And uh, maybe we'll do another one while I'm out here. I'm not sure. But um, I'll have to see what goes on. And, um, yeah, I'm trying to do this through a, a cell phone, so I, I don't know how the quality is going to come out. But, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, thanks, thanks everybody. Thanks again, and uh, talk to you next time. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.